Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Larissa Miller. How are you, Larissa? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me with you. No, it's my pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you so much for making the time. I know you're you're tired from travel, but it's great that you, you made time for us on the show. Um, we always like to kind of uh, leave the floor to introduce yourself and all the wonderful things that you're involved with. You know, being tired from travel is a good problem to have right now <laughs> after a year of no travel. I so know, I'll, right? take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so a little bit about myself. You know, I, I grew up on a farm in central Pennsylvania, uh, worked for Pennsylvania Governor Tom Ridge for many years, um, spent time in the Middle East as head of business development for some members of the royal family in Abu Dhabi. Um, also head of their large nonprofit, which allowed me the opportunity to go into refugee camps in Iraq and Jordan and Yemen wow. um, and other places to work with the women and youth to give them the tools and resources to become entrepreneurs. I'm now CEO of Phoenix Global, which is an investment development and consulting firm, um, working on large-scale technology projects, smart cities, um, on five continents, predominantly Africa, Middle East, and Europe. Uh, I also spend a great deal of time consulting with governments on a variety of issues, particularly around sustainability. Um, my personal mandate is towards agriculture and agri-tech. If we can't feed ourselves, there won't be any investment in any industry or sector that will make sense. So, um, so that's a, a personal commitment I have. And, um, and I also spend a great deal of time consulting with businesses to allow them to um, build, reimagine, and, and really accelerate their global business strategy. Because the one thing COVID has shown us is that our business community is no longer the proximity of where we live, but it's now the entire globe. And the businesses of the future who will be the vanguards leading the future are those that recognize that we have to be working globally. So how would that look for a business? Does it require the business to be any specific industry that would work with you? Or what is your ideal um, business that you would like to work with? You know, look, all businesses, regardless of how big or small they are, now have to be putting in strategies for sustainability and global, global business strategies. So we have to now be looking at how we can expand our markets, um, how we can be positioning ourselves to be drawing customers from across the globe, because you know customers are no longer the people that walk through our front door. They're the people that log on and find our presence online. Mm -hmm. You know, um, doing business globally means that we can now have a little bit more transparency and selection when choosing um, who and what to work with in our supply chains. Uh, it allows for collaboration and competitive collaboration. You know, working with a competitor doesn't diminish you in any no. way. It enhances you because mm -hmm. together you're that much stronger. Um, you can innovate new strategies together and processes. You can, um, you know, add value to each other's networks, which then, you know, grows your own network and, and potential for business. Um, and it allows us to really form those meaningful relationships that will allow us to reimagine our existing legacy business models and find those innovative strategies that will set us ahead of all of our competitors. Mm -hmm. 
So do you help with the actual collaboration component as well with other businesses? If oh, you're yeah, going global? absolutely. You know, the one thing that, that I think I've done well throughout my career is to build a very significant global network. Um, you know, and I nurture that network very carefully. I'm always looking at how I can add value to that network, which has really given me extraordinary opportunities, opportunities that other ha- others haven't had, you know, because I take very good care of that network. And I'm always looking at how I can enhance that network rather than what that network can do to serve me. Um, you know, when I work with young people or young entrepreneurs or businesses of any size, I tell them that, you know, your network is one of your most critical assets. And, um, and how well you build that network, how well you nurture that network, the value that you can contribute to that network, either through a meaningful um, in- introduction, um, you know, putting a meaningful collaboration that, that benefits both parties mutually, you know, but also thinking through, you know, what you can offer, how you can potentially um, suggest a strategy that might enhance that, that, that network, that company, that business, that friend, um, that's really where your reputation on the positive side is allowed to, to grow. You know, I look at the people we meet as the seeds and our network as the field, and it's how well we take care of that seed um, and, and how well we regard it as a component of the whole that allows us to really be one of those extraordinary super connectors, thought leaders, and 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 value adders um, to our business community that allows our own businesses to really, you know, reach extraordinary new levels. And it's that giver's mindset too, right? Like you're going out there, you're just thinking about them. You know, you're trying to serve them. Um, it's so important because when you start thinking about too much about yourself, um, it has a drawback in, in business. I mean, in your success in your business. So it's great that you build those kind of relationships. You know, it can't be, it can no longer be us against each other. It yeah. has to be us together for a solution. Mm. And, um, and that's really what we have to be looking at. How can we enhance one another? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what value can we add one another and do it authentically, you know, yes. you know, and, and you don't, dim, you know, you don't diminish yourself when you stand next to someone who is disingenuous, you just enhance them. And that's mm-hmm. true for businesses with other yeah. businesses. And, you know, together we can solve some of the most critical issues facing our planet. If we find ways to collaborate and do this together. Mm-hmm. So true. And do you also, um, are you part of any board, like on, on any new startups or anything like that? Yes, I sit on, on several boards. Um, you know, two of the, the most interesting ones to me at the moment are in the agri-tech side. You know, one is on the seed side and the other is on the production agriculture side. And I'm very passionate about agriculture because as we have a, a burgeoning growing population, we are going to struggle to be able to feed ourselves in the very near future. And, you know, technology is the nucleus of every industry and sector moving forward. And it's no different from agriculture. And it's, it's actually very interesting when you look at how technology enhances the future of agriculture. 
agriculture from AI and machine learning that allow you to understand a farmer to understand the the best seed for his growing wow. conditions to increase his yields or microchips that can be embedded into cows to be able to tell you wow. the quality of the beef before they're slaughtered. Incredible. You know, or even looking at how we can take animal agriculture, which everyone is so negative about right now because of um, you know, greenhouse gases and so forth, but find innovative ways to do that so that we can see beef production and carbon sequestration going hand in hand and the trading of carbon credits and so forth. All of this is very pos- possible. It's just, you know, we have to reimagine that legacy business model and we have to be brave enough to think out of the box and yes. do things differently than we ever have before. You know, we're never going back to normal because normal was the problem. So it's going <laughs> to be those. Yep. You know, it's going to be those individuals that can reimagine and are brave enough, have the courage to step forward and do things differently than they ever have been before, even in the face of criticism amongst your peers and those yeah. in your industry or sector that are, are going to be the ones that, that really drive this disruptive but yet transformational future so are you involved with that that chip that you mentioned about the the beef that was so fascinating yes that, and no yes um is it coming so out or I, is it out already like <laughs> no there are, you know what so many universities around the world are wow. doing some phenomenal r&d around this space yes it's already um being used in several places and um you know there's so much that's being done that people aren't really even aware of like drones that that can pick strawberries and you know using ai can understand which strawberries are ready to be picked and which to leave on the vine and there's so much out there that we don't realize and the problem is we are so busy and so stuck in the cattle shoots of our own individual lane of traffic that we forget that life never stops teaching so we can't stop learning. And that means that we have a responsibility to study all industries and sectors to be able to find those meaningful intersections, you know, with industry sectors and businesses who five years ago or even one year ago would have not had any value to contribute to our own business. But now there's some interesting ways to to be able to tie them together that creates not only value for your business, but gives an ancillary yeah. value to your stakeholders, yes. your customers, and your employees. So incredible. Like, it's just, you know, like, and also if you look at um, people in general too, um, you mentioned that, you know, thinking outside the box. Um, a lot of people, I find that when they start becoming creative is when they start living from inside out. Like when they're start using their inner powers, they start imagining, start being creative of what is possible. Right. That's when magic starts happening. That's when these, these new crazy things start coming into our experiences and what we get to enjoy in our life. But when you're so focused on what's happening outside of you and just looking at everyone else being competitive and all that stuff that's happening. And we're generally using, Used to how are you going to progress we sh- we're already behind like we should have been like if god is looking down he's like what are you guys doing like i gave you such po- awesome powers and you're still here you're not even driving in the air yet you know like <laughs> you know a lot of this goes back to simply having courage 
And, you know, people have all of these wonderful ideas and can see the way we should go. But when it comes time to execute on it, that's really where they fail. And, you know, fear is a reaction and courage is a decision. And I always tell everyone, my kids, especially that, you know, courage is the anti-venom to regret. You may not have it all figured out, but take that first step. Have the courage to take that first step, which will lead you to the second step and the third step. And, you know, sometimes life is a bit like a rubber band it pulls you backwards but use those moments when it pulls you backward to slingshot yourself forward and um you know if you make a mess of today you can always forgive yourself and start fresh with the sunrise but Mm -hmm. it all goes back to having the courage to be the one to to take those steps you know a ship is safe in the harbor but that's not what ships were built for Mm -hmm. and sometimes when we're sailing that big sea of business and life you know, we face the perfect storm and sometimes we have calm, smooth sailing. But if we're not brave enough to actually go out and sail that sea, we won't know the extraordinary um, rewards that, that life and business has to offer to us. Yeah, so true. Beautifully said, actually. I like the way you articulated that whole thing. It gives you, it paints a picture. Um, and it's such an important picture, right? Such an important picture. Um, for for your startups, for example, are you open to other um, ideas or startups other than agriculture? Uh, agriculture, oh. like, or, yeah. Look, I'm a principal partner in technology parks being built um, in, in several places around the world. You know, it's going to be more essential than any other time that we really prioritize and harness the power of technology and that we have the resources to be able to collect and store our data. You know, data centers are going to be integral to the future, but a technology park that really encompasses all manners of technology from IoT to AI and machine learning to, you know, robotics and cybersecurity. You know, what COVID has shown us is that, you know, while food security is our number one global crisis, guess what? In one year, cybersecurity has tied yeah. food security. And we can see how vulnerable we are, how many fractures wide we open. have. You know, when you look at the colonial pipeline here in the United States, when it was hacked by, with the ransomware <laughs> attack last month, and we had no fuel here in the southeastern United wow. States for mm-hmm. almost two weeks. And, you know, JBS, the large beef processor, you know, had their cyber attack um, about two weeks ago. And immediately that has an impact to all the consumers with the prices on our shelves and the access to product. And this is just the beginning. Mm. You know, we're in the infant stages of of what cyber attacks are going to look like as we move forward. So I'm very pleased to be a part of Technology Parks. Um, working on smart city projects, looking at how the cities of the future will have to be developed um, and the mandate that they have to our global society to be the epicenter of, you know, responsibility, um, all stemming around the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which is something that needs to be integrated into every single business model, regardless of whether you're a micro enterprise or a large multinational. Um, you know, it truly does have to be us coming together for a solution. Mm. And you, you mentioned smart city. So 
Are you able to share like the top three ideas or concepts for a smart city that is public information that you can share right now that is that makes people's lives easier? Sure, absolutely. You know, I think that the sustainable development goal that is becoming of most critical import is the um, social justice and strong and fair and equitable institutions. You know, that's something that, that faces us all globally. And, you know, our cities of the future are going to have to prioritize our social um, integration and unity to a greater degree. But when I look at smart cities, you know, making sure that citizens have access to connectivity, and that's the first thing that everybody thinks of when they think of a smart city. Mm-hmm. But it's Wi-Fi. You Sorry, you're in trouble. Wi-Fi everywhere. Like you don't need. I, I lived just, in the UAE for so many years, yeah. and I could be in the middle of the desert, yeah. and I had connection to yes. Wi-Fi, which yeah. you know is very rapidly being regarded as a basic human right. Yeah. You no know? so access true. to education, access to food, access to shelter, and access to connectivity. Yes, it's so important I for agree. all society for all citizens. You know, understanding the health of our buildings and the efficiency of our buildings and how our buildings operate is going to be key moving forward. Looking at the waste management strategies of a city is very critical to a smart city. You know, understanding how we process and regard our waste, how we look at recycling, how we look at repurposing. You know, when I lived in the UAE, um, I had the pleasure to to work with BIA, which is the largest waste management company um, in the UAE. They're based out of Sharjah, and they took Sharjah to a zero-waste emirate to the wow. point where they're landscaping the landfills. You know, they process every single bit of, of waste goes through, Amazing. you know, glasses is repurposed. Rubber is repurposed. They're, they're paving roadways with recycled tires. They can take automobiles and construction aggregate and process wow. them down. And at the end of the day, what is genuine waste can then go to waste to, to, to a waste to energy plant. So, you know, it has to be us really yeah. working together to recognize that we have a responsibility to be the stakeholders of the future, you know, and, and to build this mentality into the educational system that is guiding the youth for the future so that they grow up intrinsically seeing the value of sustainability and understanding um, the responsibility we have to to tomorrow, essentially. We've done a horrible job of preparing the planet for our youth, so we have to prepare our youth for the future, essentially. And um, making sure that they have the knowledge, the tools, and the resources to be able to reverse the course of the the planetary challenges that we're facing. Mm-hmm. And do you foresee like North America or Canada, America and all that, like actually integrating something that UAE is doing right now? Is that, do you foresee it coming in the near future or, or is it happening? Like I'm not aware. Look, it's inevitable that we are going to have to draw on the innovations and strategies that, that are being developed around the world without yeah. regard to who is the first to get it done. Like when, like, are they in works with that kind of stuff? Are they, are they working? Oh, you on- know, collaboration is so important, especially at a governmental level. Mm. Um, you know, the one, there were many things that COVID showed us, but one of the things that COVID showed us is just how fractured our global 
systems are and processes. And um, the only way that we can, you know, recover from this last year and really be resilient in the face of the next global challenge is if we work together, we collaborate, you know, public-private partnerships, government to government, um, making sure that we are sharing the innovative strategies yeah. across the board and, um, and contributing value that goes beyond who got there first, but making sure that, you know, we all can move ahead and lockstep with one another. Yeah. So important. I'm so grateful that you're involved in this stuff, um, Larissa. Like it just, I could feel the energy. Like you mean so well for everything, the world, the people. Like uh, I'm glad that whatever you're doing, you're in the right place. So it's good. But now tell me, um, how did you, like, was there a transit? Like, did you ever work anywhere like an employee in the past? Yes. So So what happened? Like that transition, can you kind of share what happened that you went into entrepreneurship? Well, you know, I've I've been an employee most of my life. You know, I started after college at the Department of Agriculture in Pennsylvania. I went on to work for, like I mentioned, Governor Tom Ridge in his Office of Public Policy before he went on to be our Homeland Security our first Homeland Security Secretary. Uh You know, I worked for the Royal Family in Abu Dhabi as head of business development Uh um, for for members of the Royal Family. So I've always been an employee, I'd say, you know, 80% of my life. But what has always given me the opportunity to have um, to, that what's given me the chance to have opportunities that no one else has had is that you know, I'm always looking at how I can fill fractures that others can't see, how I can connect dots mm-hmm. um, and reimagine situations. Yes. Um, and that is something that a lot of people are either too, again, stuck in, in the channels of, their, of what they think is their responsibility and their um, job description that they're afraid to step outside of that mm. and and see how we all can interconnect with one another to add greater value. So I've been an employee most all of my life and having built on the network and gathered the knowledge and the experience and the lessons, the failures, the triumphs that I've had throughout my whole career, you know, it allows me now to serve as a CEO of of Phoenix Global, but to work with other individuals who want to be entrepreneurs because the future of business belongs to the entrepreneur and the small business owner and no longer to the multinational. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And this is really something that we all have to be cognizant of and aware of. You know, the big guys are going to need the little guys. You know, that's how they get their new innovative tech strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the greatest inventions, the new future unicorns, those are all coming from, you know, the entrepreneur at, yeah. the, at the end of the day. And um, so that's a priority for me is making sure that, you know, whoever has something that can contribute in an extraordinary way to the future of our planet and the future of our societies that they have an opportunity to be able to introduce that concept, that invention, that idea, um, that service to, to the world in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you feel like? We always like to ask what their, 
our guests, their super inner, inner superpowers that got them to this point. Is there something within you that you feel like it's a superpower that um, helped you achieve what you have achieved? So when I was a kid, my father, um, who's 90 years old and still working full time, I might add, um, you know, he was always someone that would not only think in the now, but would always be thinking 20 years ahead. And people would look at him and say, that's never going to happen. And then it not only happened, you know, in the future, but it didn't take 20 years. It was only three, four or five years. And so they would always come back to him to, to help him imagine the future. And I think I've been fortunate enough to have picked that up from him is my ability to connect dots and, and fill fractures that no one else can see and anticipate where we're going to be down the road and then find solutions for that right now. Um, and, um, and I think that served me very well. That and I think the, the work ethic that I picked up from him, you know, I won't quit. I'll find a way that's to get awesome. something done. And, um, and, and that's what's brought me to this point. Amazing. And it's such a special skill, right? <laughs> to be able to see 20 years ahead. That's like entrepreneurship dream, you know, to come up with that. It doesn't and then take you have a crystal a, ball. All the yeah. signs are right in front of us. Yeah. You just have to understand how to connect them all to find what the ending of that particular story will be and how you can change that ending. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned 90 years old, your dad, right? So it's very similar. My dad is 87 and he's still working. So he's not talking about retirement. He's actually making nope. plans, goals, five-year goals and stuff. So we're all like saying, just relax. He goes, no, why should I, right? I'm, 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 I'm just, I just started kind of thing. So it's amazing. I hope I'm like the same way. I think I will be very excited for every day. So me too. Me yeah, too. It's pretty incredible. No, it's a, it's a really, you know, it, it's a world that is being driven by very rapidly accelerating progress. And, um, you know, it's being able to imagine how to play a role in the progress of our future um, and distinguish yourself from all of your competitors as you do so. And, uh, mm. you know, they say the Stone Age didn't end because we ran out of stones. It ended because of progress. Yes. And um, we have an opportunity to really play a a meaningful role in where we're heading in the future, doing it in a way that will benefit generations to come Mm -hmm. without diminishing the ROI or our financial returns or, you know, the, the definition of success for each individual business. You know, it's, it's possible to be able to make um, a social impact and environmental impact and accelerate our business financially. Too often people think that, you know, you can't have sustainability and profitability together. And um, small businesses say, look, I can't afford to put these strategies in place. And I fundamentally disagree with that. And so I work with them to understand how on a micro level they can be integrating sustainability into their business model uh, it doesn't mean impacting all 17 of the SDGs. It means just picking one and, and, and making as much of an impact to that as you can. You know, the smallest impact leads to the biggest returns. And, um, and that's what mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to recognize and embrace. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So this, um, your mindset is just 
is it's incredible. Like you have a good mindset, right? So you could tell, like you're always even that statement even we're talking about that you could see a way out. You can find solution. Like you're always thinking the positive pole, not the negative pole, and law of polarity, right? So, have you done like mindset training in your past, or are you naturally because of your dad? Um, like how 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 do you have this type of uh, mindset? Look, I think that. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with mindset training. And I think it's something that a lot of people benefit from. Oh, yeah. Um, it gives you clarity. It allows Changed my you life. To, yes, absolutely. But, you know, I think for some people, it's just something you have. It's just yeah. in you. Unconscious Even, competent, you know, we call it. You know what? And, and I think for me, that's been something I've been blessed and cursed with that's my amazing. whole life. You know, I always was more comfortable with adults than my own peers in many instances, because I didn't think the same way. Uh, and, um, but you know, it's those people that have that intrinsic ability to, to understand mindset that can, that have a responsibility to take that understanding of mindset and share that with others Yeah, because it is something that can be cultivated and you can strengthen it and build yes. on it. Yes. And, and, um, and I think if, if more people focused on mindset, um, that would lead to, you know, greater emotional yeah. intelligence that would mm. lead to tolerance and empathy and overall happiness mm -hmm. because we're not a happy society. We need to prioritize yeah. happiness. Yeah. And that's where all the creativity comes from. When, when you have calmness of mind and you have that, you know, create like just um, a well-being, a fulfillment, you start innovating, you start creating, you start building relationships. It's, it's transformational. Like mm -hmm. you see people struggling, like even in clubhouse, like you, I go to different rooms and you'll hear people and then, you just hear it like they're in that entrepreneur, um, the force, like they're trying to grow and they're trying to figure out strategies. And and I just feel bad because you could just tell them that it's in the mirror. Like you just got to figure things out first and then work your way from inside out. And you'll see a lot of beautiful things start happening in your life. For sure. And I think yeah. too many people, especially in Clubhouse, are trying to figure out how that person, that person, and yeah. that person did it. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know, get gold nuggets, right? So do it on, do it in your own way and follow and chart yes. your own path. If we're yes. all, you know, we can't all be collectively together Agreed. in the middle because there's nothing that then distinguishes us, you know, and you yeah. don't want to be in the middle of the road because the middle of the road is where we get killed. Yeah. So, you know, you need to be off on the side doing your own thing, gather yeah. the best advice, guidance, words of wisdom from, yeah. from those around you, put it all together to collectively yeah. paint the picture of your own of journey. Your mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs, you know, it's important that, that they understand that in this day and age, they're not just the founder of business, they're a founder of change. Yes. And that's, that's very important. But the only way you can do that is if you're finding your own way to make that impact and not trying to emulate everyone else that's following their own pathway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's is the, the help is needed, you know, so um, the more we can do this for people, the more we can make them aware 
is better for everyone involved. It's not just that individual as an entrepreneur, it affects their kids, their family, the kids, friends in the school. Like it's that butterfly effect. Like we're, we're all together. You know what I mean? So if somebody's struggling, they got to help them and then that will replicate. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, there is some, I, I could talk forever. You know what? It's been awesome um, talking to you, speaking to you about, about all this. I hear you on Clubhouse all the time. I wanted to interview, bring you on the show, and mm-hmm. I'm honored that you did. And everything that you say there or anywhere else, and even here, I see that um, you're, you're in that direction of, of that change that is so needed 10, 20, 30 years from now that our kids, like they're going to experience and, and feel and understand that it came from people like you, you know? So I want to, I want to like say thank you so much for what you do and how you are. And I wish you like complete success in everything that you do. Thank you. It was such an honor and pleasure to be with you. Um, it was a great conversation, and I'm thrilled to have been able to spend this time with you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. 